Welcome back to the Big Small Business Show. And uh, today in studio, we've got Tabucha Molloy, and she's asked the question around um, investing, actually, in another company and what to look for as an investor in another, uh, in another business, somebody who takes equity or becomes a partner in another business. And I think this is an absolutely fascinating topic. And as I said before, first time in 11 years I've ever been asked that question. So thank you for asking that question. And it's something that I do, literally, yeah. I, I invest in, in businesses. Um, so let me start off by saying that um, partnerships are like, like marriage. You know, they, mm. to, to think about, you know, I always talk about when people say, I'm, I've got this business on the side. Um, you've never got a business on the side and it takes, it takes no effort. Mm. Because when that business does really, really well, then it, then it takes your attention. And they, can you imagine my IT business winning you know, a 100 million rand account? It's going to really get your attention, yes. right? And if I'm now, this, my IT business in, in, our, in our role play, if it starts to go insolvent, it's going to, you want to come and protect your investments, True. so it's going to take your attention. So, it's this once we, once we partner, it's a it's a partnership. It's a real. It's like a marriage, and it's in a marriage we want we want to have chemistry. We want to have trust. We want to have all those things. So the first thing that I look for that I ask people in the space is, do you have the time for this? And that's why I was asking the question: is Do you want to be an investor or do you want to be a partner? If you're a partner, there's a far more uh, there's far more commitment to mm. time in that business. And the more time you give, the more time you're going to have to give. Yeah. And, and do you have that time? And once you in that, then, you know, coming back to your current exactly. business, it's going to suck your attention. And now you're in two sure. businesses. So, so you have to have a view, and that's why I asked the question, of how much time do you spend on this business? And you have to construct that into board meetings four times a year. And, and then other ad hoc meetings as and when required. You have to create the construct of how I'm going to, we're going to engage. I will see you once a quarter mm. for three to four hours through a board. This is the board pack that I want you to prepare. I'll chat to you once a week or twice a week, whatever the case may be. And of course, if you're in a crisis, I won't be able to reach out to you for, 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 yeah. for help. Okay. The second thing is, is um, the values, my values and your values. And coming back to the partner, do our values align? Mm -hmm. Now, when I'm looking for money, I'm going to tell you anything to get your money. I'm going to talk about on my website, I'm going to have one of my values is integrity. I can promise you that many of the people that have gone to jail on their websites, they've got <laughs> the, one of their values is integrity. In fact, if they say integrity on their website, it becomes a red flag for me. But so, so, so it, to me, it's about... Spending time with me beforehand, have dinner with me, um, um, meet my 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 wife, my family. Let's just get it's a bit slow to to see me. To, to, let's have a few engagements before, and then look for in my when we're talking about consistencies. If I've got a partner, bring my partner in, of course. And if I come in to meet with you without my partner, then you have to ask why am I coming in without my other partner. Why am I just with you? Why is the other partner not there? In the partner dynamic, you're looking at the partner dynamic, which is the more dominant of the two partners. And then do not be fooled about the less dominant person because they generally have the most influence. The less dominant has the most influence. The dominant is probably the one who's speaking the most, but the, mm. the one who's speaking less is actually right. the one who's going to make the decision. So don't just, in, in looking at this whole picture, just look at the one that's speaking the most. Look at both. <clears throat> then what's most important for me 
is, is your value add, that you are able to articulate your value add. And yes, you bring experience, but so do, so do many people. So coming back to what I was hoping for when you said what type of industry, I was hoping you were going to say something in the construction space or, or allied or in the value chain up and down because mm -hmm. you bring your experiences, is dom your domain of experience is there. Mm -hmm. Your domain of experience, I don't know, perhaps it is, but it's not in the IT space. Um, and although you can bring some value, you bring more value in the construction. So I'm not saying you shouldn't mm. do that. I'm just saying that would be a better place to start. So, so domain experience is, is very important. And what I've learned the hard way over years is that if you don't have domain experience, you don't know what questions to ask when you are, are yeah. investing in, in that uh, business. Then we come back to the return. Um, what is the return that you want from the business? So hypothetically speaking, if uh, let's say you invested 10 million rand in my business, you'd want more than you get in, in the bank and you'd obviously want to get enough uh, that covers the risk that you are taking with me. So you want to get a good return. My suggestion there is that your return on investment should be around 40% over a certain period to make sure that you can't account for all the risk. So now you're wanting to get about, let's call it a 14 million rand return on, on, of your 10 million. So how are you going to get back that back over what period of time? Mm. And now we, we start looking at um, how you're going to get that back. So you want dividends. So if the business is growing, it's going to require, generally business that mm. grow require cash. So if you're drawing 100% of dividend, then there's no cash in the business, you're going to have to put money back in. So in scaling businesses, generally the return on investment is, happens you know, a little later, but you want your, your dividends. To, to me, I, I would suggest no more than 30, maximum 40% uh, of, of the available dividend to, to be dispersed. That means you're getting some money back, the business made a million rand, you get after, after tax, you, you own, I'm just making the number up, 50%. I know you don't want control. Mm -hmm. So um, so there's um, effectively uh, 400,000 Rand divided by two is 200,000 Rand. So you've had 200,000 back from your 10 million, not a lot of money mm -hmm. and not really a good return if from an interest perspective. So now you have to think about that. When are you going to get your money back? So coming to, to that, you're not just looking at what your dividend policy is, but you have to sit down up front when, you, when I tell you these great stories. You're going to have to tell you, I'm going to have to explain to you how you, you need to demand. Mm -hmm. How am I going to get my 10 million mm -hmm. rand plus an extra four or, or whatever million rand back into the future? How am I going to get that back? If I say to you, you're going to make lots of money on sale, then that's what it is. So generally speaking, that would be if we sell the business together, then the business today is valued at 10 million rand or whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. And the business in the future is going to be with 100 million rand. So you're going to 10x your business. Now I have to show you why it's going to be that. So you're going to say, well, my, my profitability right now is a million rand. Okay. And that, and so it's worth 10 because it's 10x, whatever the, the mm -hmm. PE ratio is in that, in that business. And when we, in five years' time, it's going to be. It's going to be uh, 10 million rands out of profit times 10 is worth 100 million. I have to explain that to you and you have to demand that. So before you actually get into all of this, you have to go through all of this 
before you actually make that sure. investment. So I hope we've run out of time, but uh, you can see I, I can speak for days on this, <laughs> but we have run out, uh, out of time. So I hope that helped. Very insightful. It really helped. Up next is our new series around HR issues. Well, this is our series on HR for small and medium growing businesses. And in studio with us today, we've got Heinrich Marx, he's an HR specialist specializing in small and medium businesses. Welcome to the Big Small Business Show. Thanks so much for having me. Right, so today I want to talk about um, the right time to start an HR department. Many small businesses that I deal with uh, ask me that question often, and I actually don't know what the real answer is to, to that question. They generally are asking that question when they have a lot of issues with people. And then I'm, in my mind, I'm going, well, to have that overhead in that department when you've got like five or six or eight people, sounds like it's the wrong time. Mm. How do you think about that? Alon, I think every time an entrepreneur thinks about employing somebody is the right time because, you know, we need HR professionals in the world. I'm joking, but let me get to it. It's a difficult question that I don't think has a specific answer and your individual context as a business owner becomes incredibly important. It's your context that you operate in, the, the experience that you have under your belt, um, your proficiency at dealing with HR situations that I think has to all become factors in deciding whether you're ready for that journey or not. Every small business that takes on a new person, it will fundamentally change the energy of that business. And that makes it really important for you to have a considered approach when you bring your human resources person online for the first time. There really is no wrong. So it is what you're comfortable with as a business, I reckon, um, and where you are going or journeying to in terms of your strategy. We've got about a minute left, but what I want to get your opinion on is whether you think there is a wrong time, maybe, maybe that's another way of framing, when's the yeah. wrong time to knee-jerk, for example, uh, affordability, things like that? I think if you can't comfortably afford it, stay away. Rather look at other methods of doing it. Yeah, it needs to be comfortable, yeah. right? It is a resource that you're bringing on board that feels like a cost center, like you're expending there the whole time, yeah. right? But there obviously is deliverables that the HR department um, leverages and brings into the organization that that makes it worthwhile. So I want to, I would say, you have to be comfortable in the situation that you can afford this this cost. Another option, perhaps, also is to look at split uh, split responsibility. So perhaps it's not bringing on a full HR team, but perhaps looking at your finance person and whether they've got an aptitude to take on some of the human resources capabilities. There's also options such as looking at outside organizations that provide you with HR support and guidance. Oftentimes, that's all you need. Mm. So that's why I'm saying make sure that it's a comfortable move for you to make. If you're extending yourself into the space, I would say be cautious, worry about that decision and rather explore some other options because all you actually want is credible advice that's going to lead you down the right paths. Well, that's all we've got time for today, Hein. Uh, we'll be right back straight after this. <laughs> 